episode 66 of the A-League show, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Dash Radio, all that good stuff. Kane Balaam here alongside David Norwood. How you doing, Dave? Uh, doing better. You know, it was a rough night last night. You know, the Pelicans getting a big win over the Rockets, but, you know, lost to Marcus Cousins for the year, so that's that's been rough. They, they lost to Marcus Cousins for the year. And he, he was scheduled to be in the All-Star game as a starter, right? Yeah, he was a starter. He was on LeBron's team, and that team was stacked. And now... You know, Paul George is probably going to make it. And, <laughs> but, yeah, I was, I was really looking forward to seeing Cousins and Davis, Braun. That was like a dream team right there. It kind of was. It kind of was. And I feel like that, you know, I, that's, the, that's the thing. When I saw that, you know, the final rosters that were – you know, unveiled for the All-Star team. I was like, okay, these, you know, these look these look pretty good, but, you know, always have to watch out for the injury bug because we've seen it in the past. It always has a tendency to get at least one or a few, a few athletes, and it, you know, it, it ends up being one of those things where somebody ends up having to, having to replace them, but, but dang, losing losing Boogie Cousins for the All-Star game, that that's a downer, man. That's a downer in my book. Sure, losing for the season. Too. Losing for the I, season. I will just, I was really, I really had high hopes for them because they, been on the run lately and I thought you know right now they were they are slotted in the sixth seed which would match them up with San Antonio in the first round uh-huh. I really believe they could have beat San Antonio I yeah. think they could have beat San Antonio San Antonio especially San Antonio without Kawhi San Antonio is very beatable this year very beatable yeah I think if I recall correctly uh that would be you know three six would be in the second half of the bracket and I think it's was it one, one eight, one eight four five two seven three six. Yeah, so that would have been. Uh, I think Houston would. I think Houston would be coming out of the, the second half of the bracket because they're second. Yeah, Houston's so. the two behind Golden State. Yeah, it would probably been Houston and yeah Houston and uh, New Orleans in the next. I, I don't. I wouldn't expect New Orleans to beat Houston, but that would have been a fun series due to all the former. Hornets and Pelicans ties, but right. But, you know, I, I I would just been glad to see them finally win a playoff series. It's been so long. And plus, on top of that, Houston and New Orleans, there's there's some proximity. There's somewhat of a of a geographical rivalry. Maybe not, you know, necessarily to the extent of Houston with Dallas or Houston with San Antonio, but there is somewhat of a geographical rivalry. Given Houston's only about a four hour drive away from away from the Crescent City, so there is, you know, there is that uh, element of that. So you know, that's but that's just that's such a, a downer, man. Losing losing Boogie Cousins for the you know for the season, and the Pelicans actually were like you said, they were actually making some moves. So. It's a downer for sure. Yeah, and, and you know, it's just you really find out who really watched the Pelicans play basketball because you hear all this stuff like the most ridiculous things like yeah, like uh, like Danny Ainge gonna make a phone call now. What? Like for Anthony Davis. I was like, what? I was like, if you follow the Pelicans, you would know they've been trying to keep the team together and retain Boogie this year. Who was it that made that? I think something somebody was saying something about uh, making a trade. I think for um, for you know making a trade for for Anthony Davis and somebody. I think it was the head coach or somebody who pretty much shot down those uh, shot down those those trade rumors. I think it was something for like Boston. You know, like you said with oh, Danny yeah. Ainge. Oh yeah, Alvin Gentry. Alvin yeah. Gentry. He yeah. he uh, he made some comments saying like they had to give us the New England Patriots. They 
gonna give us Tom Brady. They're gonna give us the Boston Harbor. If we're gonna give them Anthony Davis. Like that. That was that. That was a fine comment. I like that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he got like three years left on his deal, so I'm just like, it's you don't trade nobody you know, three years left on a deal, especially someone who actually wants to be there. You know, that's another thing. You know, uh, Davis. You know, he has you know been interviewed by one of being you know New Orleans. And he's very passionate about that, and and you know it's just like even he was disturbed about you know the Boston rumors about him going to Boston. You know, he had went to mm-hmm. Dale Dempster to ask about that. You know, so that. Goes to show, you know, that you know people actually do want to play in New Orleans. It's not always right. Not always the small market stars want to go to a bigger market. You know, it's people actually do love small markets. Yeah, I think they they kind of like small markets. I th- I think some people kind of like small markets, like say New Orleans or Utah or Charlotte, because you know there's not as much you know there's not as much attention that's paid to those types of cities. And in the case of you know in the case of New Orleans, I mean they need something to be excited about if they're going to try to make New Orleans into a basketball town. Because as we know, New Orleans and Louisiana for the most part is Saints and LSU, oh, yeah. so they need something to be excited that they're trying to make it if they're trying to make it work down there. And there's always been all this talk around the Pelicans, even when they were the former Hornets. There was always this talk about how the, you know, about how the Pelicans, they don't draw that much. They're not bringing in fans. Are they going to be sold to another city? Are they going to move to another city? So, you know, there's always, you know, this talk, but I feel like that if they're able to, you know, do some more things, maybe, just maybe, they can make it work. Yeah, and I was I was actually surprised to see uh, Woj had reported that the Pelicans were being very, uh, prior to uh, the Cousins injury, the New Orleans has been very aggressive by getting perimeter help and, and shooters. Like it was uh, Mark, I believe it was Mark Stein reported that, you know, the Pelicans were looking at Damari Carroll, you know, because mm. I know right now they play more uh, under, you know, undersized small fort, which should be playing shooting guard at small fort. But, you know, but to get Damari Carroll, you know, that goes to show, you know, they're trying to win. And, and then he, and then Woj later replied, you know, with another tweet saying that, you know, they're still going to be aggressive and trying to right. improve the team. So I'm glad, you know, I'm glad to see that that's out there because, you know, everybody's just waiting for this, this Anthony, this Anthony Davis trade. Yeah. The bottom, you know, bottom out. Like it's a foregone conclusion he's going to get traded. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, it's, too late to tank, you know. So like, <laughs> I mean, you got. I felt like that because of because of Anthony Davis's standing, because of the fact that he's playing for he's playing for a team that really isn't playing for much. Everybody's expecting him to trade it, but you know, I feel like I feel like that if they if they were to trade AD, wouldn't that basically be the beginning of a rebuild for you know for New Orleans? I feel like that's essentially what that would be. That'd be a beginning of a contraction. <laughs> <laughs> beginning of a contraction. Uh, Shoot, that'd probably. be the beginning of a move. Oh, yeah, yeah, they'll probably definitely move. Yeah. Somebody get Chris Hansen on line one, move him to Seattle. <laughs> yeah, so I, I saw on Twitter yeah, building a new arena in Vegas. I thought, you know. Just Vegas, like, too, yeah. Like T Mobile, you know, I saw you know, they got a T Mobile arena now. They're building it like James Dolan and couple other billionaires there right. partnering up to building even another arena so it's just like they're air. just building arenas all over the place in Vegas like they, they got the they got the Vegas Golden Knights the most successful expansion franchise or one of the most successful expansion franchises in the NHL history they're going to get the Raiders they have they got a they got a now they're about to get a WNBA team the former San Antonio uh, Stars uh now going to be the Las Vegas Aces they're just getting they're just getting teams all over the place in Vegas yeah it's just it's crazy cuz it's just like you know, I don't think there should be an expansion 
because it's already talent is already spread out enough you know where you got all these horrible teams and it'll just be even worse you know you spreading you know spreading the roster spreading roster depths all over even thinner you know to trying to do mm-hmm. an expansion roster I mean, I hate to pull a team out of this city but you know it's just you know something yeah you know, I just I wish you could actually contract but you know like nobody's gonna they're ever, not gonna contract you know, anytime yeah, no, soon nobody's ever gonna agree about losing money so that's the thing we, like we can say all this about how we think that they should contract and how they shouldn't expand but they're gonna expand for the reason all leagues expand they're gonna expand because of money that's all it's about. That's the reason why the NHL is expanding. That's the reason as to why the NBA is talking about expansion. I mean, that's the that's the whole crux behind all of this expansion talk. But, you know, it is what it is in, in many ways. I saw one of the things I also remember seeing is that I saw a tweet. I think it was... I think it was from LeBron to Steph Curry, and they were talking about the All-Star, you know, the All-Star draft. And I remember, I think he said something about how he said that he wished it was televised. Maybe it should have been on NBA on TNT. And then and then uh, some radio account, I think it was the uh, NBA radio account, said something about how, you know, it should have been broadcast over radio. Do you think it should have been televised, the All-Star thing? Yeah, definitely. It's like it's, it would have been a legit ratings draw no matter what network it would have been on, like you know, ESPN, it could have been on. TNT, it would have been that's a draw because people like yeah, people like drama, people like you know, people like uh, you know something to debate and talk about. You know, it's just you know I can already I can already see it now. Someone like he should you know he should have got picked number one. He should have got picked, he should have got picked last. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just. It's just it was a big fail by the NBA. You know, I understand players got egos and stuff, but my thing is, that, why, why if you're if you're an NBA player, like what is it such a big deal if you don't get selected? You're an NBA player. You're making millions of dollars. You got all this fame. What is the big deal if you don't get drafted? If you don't get into the All Star game? Yeah, it's just because if I recall correctly, I think the rosters together is 24 All Stars. I think so. And it's just like. Even if you're number 24, they got picked. You're 24 of the best. It's not 24 NBA players. Right. So it's just, you know, it's it's ridiculous. But right. You know, but that's epic fail. I would have thought Silver of all people would have would have pushed, you know, for it to be on TV. At least have it. At least have it on NBA TV. Or if you're not gonna have it on, if you're not gonna have it on ESPN or TNT, at least have it on your own channel. Or you do it on Twitter. You know, that's you know, I know that. Right. You know, just. You know, Twitter or Facebook, you know, this that's another thing. Because you know? that's what Borders has done, which has been so successful with the WNBA its past year, is do stuff live stream via Twitter. Yeah, it's just that's the way that's the way sports is heading and but, you know, hopefully uh the game will be uh the game will be interesting. I, I mean I'm not really a big fan of all star games just because in my opinion it's a glorified league game. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I definitely it definitely changes things up now because, you know, like, the West, you pretty much know who's going to make the All-Star in the West. You know who's going to make it in the East, but they mix it up and see different combinations. Cause yeah. Now, now it won't be, uh, oh, I got to watch them make up some fake drama about KD and Russell Westbrook. Like they did last year. We talked about this last week about how they were trying to manufacture some drama about KD and Westbrook. And then, you know, there was that, you know, there was the alley-oop in last year's game. And you know they were just trying to they were just trying to manufacture that in so many different ways. But I'm um, looking at the rosters right now: Team LeBron, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, Bradley Beal, uh, Demarcus Cousins, who we just mentioned is out for the season, uh, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, 
uh, Kevin Love, Victor Oladipo, Chris Asporzingis, John Wall, and Russell Westbrook. So that's LeBron reuniting with Kyrie. Yeah. Oh, you know they're going to make that into a story if yeah. they haven't already. The crazy thing about it is, you know, they played the first game of the year and they dapped each other up after the game. So I don't, yeah. get, I don't get why it's like this fake beef, you know. It's just... It's ridiculous. It's just because like, you know I, they love to manufacture beef. That's what that's what it is. That's all it is. Yeah, it's like they dapped up after the first game, and then you know that now these stories are coming out about Kyrie, and it's it's just crazy. But you know that's that's NBA for you. Like you know, I do expect them to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals, Cleveland and Boston. Yeah, and you know I did notice uh, Gordon Hayward's been shooting shots. He's so. been shooting shots. Yes. Yeah. So I. I definitely gonna be surprised if he's back. You know, that'll definitely be another another interesting aspect to see, like a healthy Boston against a healthy Cleveland team, because you know, IT right. didn't play that first game. So, you know, but you know, oh yeah, Cleveland, yeah, they looked good last night. You know, mm. I know past week everybody's been panicking about Cleveland. You know, the usual panic about Cleveland. Ah Make a trade LeBron. <laughs> right. <laughs> this happens every year. This happens every year. Now I think that there there are you know there are some signs potentially that maybe the you know that maybe this panic that continues to go on around Cleveland it may be a little bit more well founded perhaps this year than it may have been in past years. But I still you know I still expect Cleveland eventually when all is said and done. I still expect Cleveland to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like you said, against Boston, it's probably going to be a seven-game series. And for all we know, Cleveland may still very well win. Like, I, I know everybody's all, you know, all, you know, all over the Celtics right now. But I would not be surprised because, like I said, it's just one of those things where every single year we see this go on with Cleveland. And then towards, you know, towards the, the beginning of the playoffs, you know, they, they start to pick it up. And then eventually, before we know it, we got another Cleveland-Golden State Finals. Yeah, I really don't want to see that. It's like three times. Oh, you know the NBA does. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a legit draw. I mean, it's just, it's just, dang, I wish Los Angeles and Boston can go ahead and just be good at the same time. Like the Lakers-Celtics final would be, would be yeah. My, yeah, that's a legit draw. Oh, yeah, that's like, a legit draw because that brings in all the old school fans. Yeah. And, and in the case of the Lakers, because in the case of the Lakers, that would also be another legit draw because you know, you know, that who know – that would mean guess who was playing in the finals? Lon, uh, Lonzo Ball. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah must see TV. <laughs> but you know, big but, baller brand. We'll see what happens this summer with the Lakers. I mean, I just I'm cautiously optimistic. You know, at the end, of, you know, unlike unlike uh, these past couple of years where you had a agent Kobe with a big contract and right full of you know, full of one year contracts and everybody's had to take a pay cut to play with Kobe. You know, try to get. They tried to get Melo, LaMarcus, and yeah. Kevin Love. You know, this team actually got a foundation. They just tried to give everybody to the Lakers just because of the Lakers. They're saying LeBron's going to go to L.A. Like, why would if you – if you're the Lakers, why would you want a 33 – going on 34-year-old LeBron? I wouldn't want that because I know if I get LeBron – I'm not getting the Cleveland LeBron. I'm not getting the LeBron that he was in Miami. Yeah, it's just, you know – Best player in the world, but it's just you know. I, Best player in the world in the big market. That's all it's about. Yeah, I just I just question when he's gonna ride a guess. Like I remember, like he's probably I think LeBron, if I recall correctly, he's the same age as Kobe when the year after he won the championship against Boston. You know, I think they both were thirty three, and you know you saw what happened that, that following year. Right. Right. Because you know uh, Kobe 
you know, Lakers and Celtics were going at it for like three years. Uh huh. Oh eight, oh nine, oh ten. Yeah. I think oh nine they beat Orlando. Oh, yeah, like beat yeah, Orlando yeah. that one year. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, because uh, KG got hurt. Yeah, the, yeah, it's three straight, you know, three straight final appearances, and yeah, and then they went against Dallas and got thrashed. You know, just looked tired. Right. Exactly. I, I question what that happened to Cleveland, but they've shaken up the team. I believe they have eight new players, so it's not the same exact mm. team. But, you know, you still got LeBron who's like, you know, runs the engine of that team. And then he – Pretty much. He runs – you know, it's like, was it, what it be nine straight finals this year or eight? Or? I think so. I think it's, it's eight or nine. It's eight or nine. And that's a good point because when you be in that many finals, of course you're going to get winded. Of course. Yeah, he did Olympics too, and I'm just like. And overseas competitions and everything. You're right. He did Olympics in 16. He did Olympics in. Was he in Olympics in 16 in Rio? Because I know he did it in 08, and I know he did it in 12. Did he do the. I forgot if he did the Olympics in 2016. I can't recall. I just all I remember from 16 was Paul George. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the main thing the that even was, I remember. The players being scared. I'm just. I know, no, he wasn't in it. I remember Carmelo. Yeah. Carmelo was the oldest, the old guy. Yeah, yeah Melo was in it because I remember around that time we was talking about how Melo was jacking up all those shots and he was scoring all those points, and we was talking about him in the in the sense that he doesn't have to win an NBA championship because he's probably the greatest Olympian in USA basketball history. So that's his legacy. His legacy is probably set in that sense. Yeah, I just don't really see it as a legacy, but <laughs> <laughs> I think he probably sees it as that because yeah. remember he talked about that in an interview. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I can remember like three three gold medals. I think he's the only person with three gold medals. And I think USA, so. USA, but you know that's that's him. I mean, like he's made a lot of money and he's scored a lot of points and he's definitely a Hall of Famer. So yeah, yeah, I guess he goes down with that, but you know. Oklahoma City is definitely an interesting team. I don't expect them to beat Golden State. But, no. But, you know, Melo's uh, out of New York, so, you know, right. it's, uh, it's something different for him because Lord knows past couple of years just watching him just putting up good numbers and and not make playoffs mm. is, is something different. I just think it's so crazy that in a sense of in the sense of Melo, in the sense of, you know, this whole New York thing, now he's in OKC, is that there are lots of people – there were lots of people in New York that was ready to run him out of town because you know how New York is. They're just ready to run you out of town. But it's so crazy. They were ready to run him out of town. Now he's in Oklahoma City. Now they miss him. Yeah, I mean. They want to run Phil out of town. That's what they wanted to run. Yeah, that was that was tragic. I actually stood up for Phil when he first got hired because I remember I had friends like, you know, he don't know what he's doing and, you know, he's never in the GM and stuff. And I was like, man, the dude, you know, he's been a part of championship teams he should know like you know right pat, pat riley's made that transition jerry west you know has made that trans transition you know it's just but you know phil he i think it's just his he's out of touch with this era like this was like yeah. five years ago i think he would have did better but you know that's this the era we live in now it's like it's a player's era and i know uh he he um I mean, I give him props. He was good at drafting, but as far yeah. as free agency, like, you know, like they're trying to run Joe Kim Noah out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> gave, gave him $17 million a year. I was like, I was like, right. I was like, dude, he didn't, he was coming out for surgery in Chicago. Yeah. And he, and he really wanted him that bad. That like, badly. Like, Joe Kim Noah's not the same Joe Kim Noah. He's not the same Joe Kim Noah that he was when he was in Florida, winning yeah. win national championships with Billy, Billy Donovan. Yeah, he's just. <laughs> 
He's like Vera's out now. <laughs> practically, practically. You mentioned something about Phil, and he's won 11 championships throughout his coaching career. Speaking of someone who's won lots of championships throughout their coaching career, Bill Belichick, and he's going for another. New England, Philadelphia, there's a rather big game, I think, sometime later on this week when you should be um, when you should be hearing it probably, you know, you, if you hear this episode sometime this upcoming week. Um, in Minnesota for the Super Bowl, they're playing Philly. Um, in Minnesota, I know lots of people in Minnesota are disappointed at what happened in that in that game against Philly because they were all hyped up in Minnesota about yeah we're gonna we're gonna be the first team to host the Super Bowl and then all of a sudden Philly happened and so Minnesota yeah. miracle the Minnesota, Minnesota miracle the Minnesota massacre what's so cool? <laughs> oh man did you, what did you just say Minnesota miracle to a what Minnesota massacre. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody get that. Minnesota miracle to a Minnesota. Somebody get that mess on tape. Somebody get that mess on tape and save it. Minnesota miracle to a Minnesota massacre. It's so crazy that because of what happened, because of what happened last week to Minnesota, we don't even remember. It's like we're not even going to remember the Keenum to Stephon Diggs catch now. It's going to be a footnote. Yeah, I remember that game. I was mad. I was just when uh, New Orleans yeah, I can't th- Marcus Williams, I believe, isn't it? Cool. Marcus Williams. Everybody and everybody was giving him grief on Instagram so much that he had to turn off his comments. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Guys, like, it's like here we go. Breeze gonna lead down the field. Will Lutz gonna go ahead and win the game for him. And yeah, I was like, right. Shout out Will Lutz, GSU Panther. I was like, what the world? I saw that pass. I was like, of all things that happened, because I mean, I remember a few years ago, I think it was '09 when Brett Favre was there. You know, they. When the Saints had their championship year, you know they, yeah, you know that was the uh, bounty gate right there, and you know, right, New Orleans tore up Minnesota that year, and it's just like I guess Minnesota got their revenge, but yeah, but dang Philly, I did not expect that. I was expecting the blowout to be New Orleans, be uh, New England and Jacksonville, and then uh-huh. and then Philly and and. Uh, Philly and Minnesota to be close because it's just like yeah, you know, they really didn't look that impressive. Like I remember watching Atlanta play Philadelphia. Like Atlanta could have beat Philadelphia, and oh, definitely, definitely, they were only a couple of plays away from beating Philly. Yeah, it was a play away. If Julio would have caught that ball, they would have right. It's just they would have won. It's just like and in Minnesota, they you know they barely beat New Orleans, and I was like, okay, it's probably just gonna be you know two good defenses and. And I had New Orleans coming out, but you know, I just I wonder how Atlanta fans feel. It's just like, yeah, (laughs) I think I saw something about that on Twitter about how since Minnesota got blown out so badly, since Minnesota got got blown out so badly by Philly, like that made like that whole sequence just made Atlanta fans just all the more upset about the fact that they about that fact that they lost to Philly in the divisional round, like, oh, wow, if Minnesota was just going to go ahead and if the Vikings was just going to go ahead and just lay an egg like that badly, then we could have definitely beat them. And right now we'd probably be playing in the Super Bowl if we just get one more play on the Eagles. Yeah, like I wonder who they root for because it's like you don't root. You're not supposed to root for. You're not supposed to root for. You're not supposed to root for. I I don't even think that this is a question. You're not supposed to root for the Patriots unless you live in New England. Yeah, but then you know you're not supposed to root for the team that beats you. I know, like uh, I think it was yeah, Jeremy. I think me and Jeremy talked about that before. I was like, Uh I was like, yeah, growing up in Atlanta. I mean, growing up in I was I didn't grow up in Atlanta. I grew up in the Macon area. 
and yeah. like hearing all these Falcon fans, they're like, "Oh, let's just root for the team that beat that, that beat us." And if they win the title, then we can say at least we got beat by the champs. You know, this is like back in what? It's like back you know Vic era, and I'm just like, uh huh. I was like, "What kind of mess is that?" I'll be mad. Like, I, yeah, you know, I, I remember. I remember the teams that even like even my Auburn Tigers, you know, like I, yeah, that was a tough, that was a tough uh, dilemma right there because I was right. like, I was like, I and y'all suffered, y'all suffered some tough losses over the years, especially to that team in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I was like, I'm not rooting for, I'm not rooting for no, definitely not rooting for Georgia. And I was like, <laughs> Look out! And I was like, dang. When Jeremy gets back, he's gonna get you for that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh dang, there's Bama. I was just like, I guess I'd rather go for Bama than. <laughs> no, you can't. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. It's like rooting for Bama is like, and we talked about this in the past. Rooting for Bama is like rooting for the Yankees. It's like rooting for the Yankees. It's like rooting for, you know, it's like rooting for Duke. I, I it just, it's like rooting for Manchester United. I, I just don't get, I just don't get how anybody like, if, in my opinion, even if you're a Falcon fan and you're watching the Super Bowl, in my opinion. I don't think that this is much of a question. Like you don't you don't want New England to be able to expand and preserve their dynasty more so. Like if if like I've seen even people that are on social media that are you know that are diehard Falcons fans that are saying, "You know what? My team may not be in it this year, but I, I can't root for New England, especially after what happened last year." Yeah, I think that is root for the halftime show cuz it's just like can't root for, for the halftime show. <laughs> Yeah, I can't root for failure. It's just uh, I I couldn't I couldn't. They're just rooting for Justin Timberlake at this point. Yeah, I mean I'm apathetic about it. I mean I I got New England winning it, and you know. Me too. It's just I think it'll be a blowout, and and uh, I, I don't know. I think it'll be a blowout, and I think Gronk is gonna be a matchup problem for Philly. And he I expect him back, and it was crazy. Oh yeah, all that coverage of Tom Brady's hand. Like I like I found out you know that. <laughs> Before the game, that Brady's hands really not that bad, and it's just crazy. Like all week long, it was coverage about a dude's hand. I'm just like, yes, hell, it was hand gate now. Just like, hand gate. There was spy gate. There was deflate gate. Now there's hand gate. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is ridiculous. It's amazing. Everything with Brady always gets blown up to the nth degree because I feel like they're looking for something that could very well be an indication. Oh wow, Brady's not going to be. Brady's not going to play. The Patriots are doomed. They're doomed. They're not going to make. The Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden, before we know it, Jacksonville chokes. Yeah, I was like, I was like, Jacksonville is not going to beat them. I was like, I don't trust the team with Blaine Gabbard on it. It's just not Blaine Gabbard. Borders. <laughs> same, same player. <laughs> same, play- <laughs> same player, different uniform. Yeah, I was, like, I was just like, and they, yeah, you know, the way Jacksonville's play calling was, it was just so inexperienced. Yeah, it's like cookie cutter stuff. It's like you know, like they did not trust. Bortles at all. It was just like uh, hand the ball out the hand the ball out the fernet, play action, hand the ball out the fernet, play action. And the play action was so predictable, it'd be like slits yeah. across the middle or to the outside. And it just, you know, rinse, watch, repeat. And then you had the then you had the defense, you know, they were blitzing like crazy. It was just the front forward, and you see the you know, the linebackers come in too. It was just it, it was just predictable. Then Brady started picking apart. Like some stuff was questionable. Like I remember the pass interference call that was called on uh, mm. was it? I think a Bouye, uh, when on the left side of the field that deep ball before they had scored. And I mean that looked kind of questionable. But you know then you had the um, the flag that was called on 
I think it was Miles Jack with the hit, the hit that knocked Gronk mm-hmm. out the game and saying like that wasn't uh, you know unnecessary roughness. So I was just like you know helmet to helmet. So yeah, you know, I mean I understand you know like like did they not have any confidence that J- that Blake Bortles was going to be able to do what he was able to do against Pittsburgh against New England? Yeah, it was just like it was crazy. Like with um, with Pittsburgh, like they just overlooked Jacksonville. The whole oh yeah, they were looking to New England. Yeah, it's like hearing that all the time. We're gonna beat them. We're gonna beat them this time. And I was just like, all they was doing was providing bulletin board material for Jacksonville. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, what what is going on? Like you guys, New England owns you. Like they should call Heinz Field. <laughs> <laughs> Heinz Field, Gillette, Gillette Field, Pennsylvania, Gillette yeah. Stadium, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the last time Pittsburgh beat them. I mean, well, the thing is, I think a lot of Pittsburgh fans, they're still salty about what happened earlier in the season when they feel like they got robbed. So I feel like a lot of Pittsburgh, I feel like the Steelers themselves were probably confident that if they were to, that if they, it was them in New England in the AFC Championship game, even if it's in Foxborough, that they had confidence that they were probably going to beat them because they probably felt like, okay, we're just as good, maybe a step up, maybe just a step below New England, but we can beat them in their stadium because we're this good. And oh, by the way, another thing that we have in common, we're both cold weather teams. So they were probably thinking that we could beat them. I mean, Jeremy brought up a good point uh, when he was on the show, just talked about how you know they're playing for Ch- Chazier. It's like that did not look like they played for Chazier. This seemed like they. Mm. They, I, that would make a lot of sense. It would. Uh, yeah. It would be a rallying cry. Yeah, but, you know, because I've seen, like, with the Ravens, you know, they they went on their run and won a Super Bowl and, you know, knocked New England out and went out to the Super Bowl. and But, you know, you know that that didn't happen. Just like I saw a whole bunch of overconfident guys. And, yeah. And they were sleepwalking the whole game. And just, like, it, when they finally start putting up points and stuff, it was too late. You know, they're playing, playing from behind the whole game. And... And you know it's it was crazy. Like uh, I I just didn't understand like uh, what <laughs> Jacksonville like what people saw in Jacksonville because it's just like it was uh, underdog story. That's what it was. Yeah, like people wanted to see a Jacksonville Minnesota Super Bowl. I was like, we probably they probably had the games in the regular season. Y'all didn't care. It's like you know like, yeah. It's always you know it's like a Thursday night football matchup. It's just like, yeah, they, they I think that the the whole underdog story because we've seen. You know, we and not only that, but also underdog story in a small market because that's the thing that I think differentiated them from New England, from Philly, from Minnesota. Because Boston, Philadelphia, Minnesota—they're all big markets, but Jacksonville is one of the smallest markets in the entire NFL. And I feel like that's one of the—you know—that was part of the—you know—the romance story, the Cinderella story that lots of people have with Jacksonville. And also a point about Philly. I feel like that. You know, we've seen, you know, we've seen in the past this season where, you know, it, and not only this season, but also these playoffs, especially after Wentz went down and we was wondering, oh, wow, how are they going to get to a Super Bowl with Nick Foles? I feel like that, I kind of feel like maybe in some ways that, you know, this has been somewhat of a rallying cry as well for the Eagles too, because, you know, I feel like that nobody thought that they was going to beat Atlanta, they beat Atlanta. Nobody thought that was going to beat Minnesota, they thrashed Minnesota. So, I kind of wonder maybe they're kind of taking on a you know somewhat of a mentality is somewhat of this you know us against the world mentality Philly versus everybody and I would not be surprised really like I'm expecting I'm expecting the Patriots to win just like you are but I would not expect I would not be surprised if this was you know if this was more of a competitive game because one thing that we forget about Philadelphia the Eagles got a defense yeah. that's one thing that we forget about them above everything else is that they got a defense that can that probably won't be able to contain Tom Brady for four quarters, but they can, you know, I feel like they can make things kind of interesting over the course of the game, really. 
Yeah, I mean, Jim Schwartz, he's a good defensive coordinator. And, you know, Philly's, you know, that's a great coaching job by Doug Peterson. You know, put Nick Foles in. I mean, a couple years ago when, right. when Chip was there, you know, they were they were pretty good under him. Nick Foles was pretty good under him. And, like, it was a different type of attitude with Philly. You know, they were, like, more finesse back then. And now they're back to that, you know, that rough Philly team that, you know, like the Andy Reid era. Matter of fact, you know, Doug Peterson is an Andy Reid disciple. So it's like, like except, you know, he's a better – you know, he's not playoff Andy Reid, so yeah. <laughs> he actually goes further. And it's, uh, you know, it's nice to see Philly in. Like, I'm big on the large market. It's nice to see two large market teams because, like, I yeah. can't even imagine how ticket sales would have been for Minnesota-Jacksonville. Like, Atlanta versus Atlanta versus New England was bad last year. I remember ticket prices were dropping because mm. everybody thought Dallas was going to go to the Super Bowl. Of course. And, you know, they choked against <laughs> Green Bay. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's – I can even imagine like who's going to go pay thousands of thousands of dollars to root for Jacksonville or root for root for Minnesota outside of their own you know <laughs> locals. Yeah, probably. Yeah. What, what do you think the final score is going to be? Final score probably uh, like 35-14. I got twenty-seven seventeen. Yeah. Uh, oh, and it's another thing. I think Pittsburgh is also subconsciously nervous about New England because you know. Pittsburgh, one thing Pittsburgh fans like to hang over everybody's heads, that's six rings. New England has five. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about that, but you're right. Yeah, it's just like, you know, they tie Pittsburgh, you know, that's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be ugly. That's gonna be that's gonna be an issue for sure. And that will be an issue for sure throughout Pittsburgh. Like, oh wow, how dare they tie us? Speaking of football leagues. Vince McMahon is also start is also restarting and trying to rekindle, I guess, dare you say, an old flame, because he's bringing back the XFL in 2020. What'd you think about that? Uh, I was surprised. I mean, it was I did not see it coming. Like I know, like I'm a big wrestling fan. I follow, you know, I saw a little grumblings yeah. and stuff about it returning. But I I'm really surprised. Was like, you know, Vince, you know, he's. He's not afraid to try, you know, I know he's a risk taker. Like, you know, he's brought back ECW twice. Right. And, you know, so it doesn't surprise me that he brought back XFL. It's just, it's just like, wow. Because, you know, I would, I would, after how it went the first time he brought it, you know, it, you wouldn't think it would come back. But, you know, it's definitely interesting. It's like he cleaned it up. You know, it's not like the XFL people like. And the weird thing about it is, you know, people... Like, you know, he hate me and, and mm. all, you know, that you know, all that type of stuff. But, you know, you guys weren't watching the football games. Y'all weren't, you know, y'all weren't going to these games and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, the league folded. So I understand, you know, like, I understand, like, uh, why, you know, Vince had to go to a different format because, you know, it's like it's insanity to think, you know, we're going to try it again and it's going to and it's gonna work. So, I mean, this league now seems more – uh, conservative and you know it's it's interesting you know no criminals no cheerleaders mm. you know uh, the whole national you know national anthem stance and it's, and you know no halftime it's just it's weird it's yeah I don't I don't like you know it's, yeah it starts in 2020 it's just I I can't even imagine what what the football climate would be because that's just so long a lot of things happened in two years like two years ago. 
you know, folks over here talking about Cam Newton, you know, and his, you know, him being a thug, you know. Yeah. And I was like, they were like, talking about him because he was dabbing a lot of things. He scored touchdowns. Yeah, it's like, that was like one of the biggest stories. And now, you know, we got. Overblown, the, by the way. Completely overblown. Now you have the, you know, Players Coalition and, and you know, their stance was like the biggest story this past season. I, I couldn't even imagine, like, what would be going on two years because a lot can change, you know. Like, a lot can change. And I feel like that's part of the, that's part of why. This whole thing, in my opinion, I don't think this this second reincarnation of the XFL, I think, is, is going to really be all that successful. Because I think, you know, I feel like that lots of times when people say, oh, I'm not going to watch the NFL because of player protests. I'm not going to watch anymore. Yeah, right. You're going to watch. You're going to watch because you grew up with those teams and you're just going to you're just going to watch. Second of all, I feel like that this this incarnation of the XFL, I feel like a lot of the things it's so crazy because when. The original XFL was launched in 2001. The marketing pitch from Vince McMahon and his folks was basically, oh, the NFL has become too cookie cutter. The NFL, the NFL has become too Disney-like. The NFL is this. The NFL is that. So we're going to make it, we're going to make it, we're going to bring back real smash mouth football. We're going to, you know, you know, we're going to bring back real smash mouth football. We're going to, we're going to encourage the cheerleaders to date the players and, and, you know, have affairs with the players and stuff like that. I mean, we're going to encourage all these things that the NFL kind of shies away from and make it into quote-unquote real football. Now, with this incarnation of the XL, it seems as though to me like they're essentially trying to say, oh, wow, well, the NFL has become too out there and the player protests do have a lot to, to do with that because I remember they did, I think Vince McMahon said something about in the press conference about requiring players to stand, to the, stand for the anthem. It sounds like to me that he's trying to market this to a much older audience. And I feel like that's the reason as to why this is not going to work. Because all you have to do, you all you have to do is look at one sport. All you have to do is look at one sport to see how that's working out for them. Major League Baseball. Because Major League Baseball, all they do is appeal to an older audience. And that's the reason as to why they're falling behind the NFL. That's the reason as to why they're falling behind the NBA. That's the reason as to why they're competing with soccer right now. Because soccer is big among millennials. It, does, it doesn't even seem like the XFL is even trying to market to millennials. And I feel like that's the reason, and that's one of the big reasons as to why I do not have a lot of confidence in this league, in this league succeeding. Like I, like I was telling you the other day, I give this league less than a year. At least the original XFL lasted one year and we had a champion the LA Extreme I'm not so sure we can get that with this time and I'm thinking it's gonna be like a bait and switch you know just to get a buzz that's what I'm thinking just you know like I said a lot can change in two years just get people talking you know just like you know it was crazy like when the XFL got first announced you know to the press conference everybody's talking Johnny Menzel but he's an elder joining XFL so right it's just like there goes something right there, Vince. You get you get a oh, you know, Vince all about his money. He like his stars and stuff, and it's just like uh huh. You know, you gotta let that's go one thing. Like Johnny Manziel, that's that's a draw right there. And you know, people people actually want to watch him. You know, and it's funny. Like I remember seeing the Atlanta guys, the Atlanta local radio guys. They're like, you know, you know, one guy John Michaels thought he wanted to color commentary for the XFL. So I was like, <laughs> so I'm like, I wonder where would they play at in Atlanta. You need to get an Atlanta team. They should play at Georgia State Stadium. What? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> having an XFL team in Georgia State. Say, hey, we have, hey, State's actually playing football. So a few years ago, a few years ago when we weren't winning all that much, you could say an XFL team would play at Georgia State Stadium and it would actually be like quote unquote real football being played. Now we're actually winning. So <laughs> yeah, you got. Uh... As you got uh, um, Legends Football League, they play in uh, the Infinite Energy Arena. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's like, I wonder would it make it there instead of Georgia State Stadium. I don't know how that. Or maybe play it, or maybe play in one of the like suburban stadiums, something like that. Maybe out in the suburbs. Yeah. Just I, I don't know. It's just I hope they don't get it. I can't really see it like picking up in Atlanta. I just I, I think you know it's just down here. It's a college football town, and yeah, and you know Falcons. They ain't got. Giants fans, you got Cowboys. I just yeah, you got fans from all over because so many people are moving here. Yeah, I just see it like as like a the football version of Big Three, but more conservative. But it's just like yeah. as far as like you, know, it won't get as big as NFL. I mean, like oh like, yeah, definitely. I, I think you compared it the other day. I think you compared it to like D three football. Yeah, it was just like you know, I you know, I know they'll get a TV deal and all. It's just like as far as. Uh, I think it'd just be like a good alternative, like something to watch. I mean, unfortunately, I haven't watched a big three basketball game at all. I haven't had the time to watch a big three basketball uh, game because I've been so busy. Yeah, it's just like you know, ESPN and Fox Sports One. I think it's just like that, you know, you know, WWE and TNA. You know, just you know, like these mm. franchises, they have a big. You know, it took years to build those followings and stuff, and it's yeah. just like it's, XFL is going to take time, and that's if they last. But one thing I can say about the fact they kind of clean up XFL is they'll probably get sponsors. They'll get easily get sponsors, and and that's you know money talks. You know TV deal is you know if you can't you can't you know if you know that's the you know WWE that's how they that's how they uh, that's their lifeline right there the TV deal. You know it's just yeah. like so I can imagine you know like oh these these uh, corporate brands and TV stations will definitely pick it up. Here's what I think is is so interesting. Vince, I think, said in the press conference that he doesn't want there to be any XFL, WWE crossover like there was with the original XFL when you had, you know, superstars like The Rock promoting the XFL and and stuff like that. I feel like, in a, in a sense, the, and another reason as to why the XFL doesn't work is because back then, WWE was in the Attitude Era, now it's in this PG era. Yeah. So I just feel like that... You know, I just feel like that it just it just doesn't mesh well with what's going on. And what and what's also interesting is that he said that he doesn't want it to be any crossover. I feel like that that could be another one of those things that could hurt the XFL in the long run if it succeeds past if it succeeds past one year. Because I really don't think like the XFL could very well get a deal because of sponsorships, but I don't think it's gonna be a lucrative deal because the NFL has sponsorship deals, or rather has TV deals with the big four, CBS, NBC, Fox, and ABC through ESPN. I don't know if the NFL is really going to be all that enthused about one of their big four partners signing a deal with a competing with a competing league. Yeah, I expect uh, they'll probably get a deal with Fox, you know, like Fox Sports 1 or something just to air their, air their games, where it's just one of those things like, you know, a lot of, you know, more people have ESPN than Fox Sports One and these cable packages. And yeah, like I'm hoping to actually stream the games. Like I look at like uh, Levar Ball, what he did with the Big Baller League. You know, he got that on Facebook, and you know that's that's smart. And you know, yeah, it's a big fail with the crossovers. You know, because it's just like you have a huge audience. You know, three million people watch Monday Night Raw every week. Put it on the WWE Network. 
yeah, or, you know, Netflix, you know, just try to, you know, people get that. Like Netflix is out drawing. There cable. you go. There Netflix you go. That's the deal right there. Netflix is out drawing cable. You know, I saw that article recently. But yeah, it's just like you got all these big draws like John Cena, Roman Reigns, and it's just like you right. can just have them like Strowman. A, yeah, you have like a minority owner, and it's you know don't have to physically be at every game like you know Jerry Jones or something. But you know just the fact that you, know, you have a face there because they have they have a very passionate fan base. You know like you know wrestling is like one of the biggest sporting events in the world. And, yeah, and you know just to tap an audience like. You know, John Cena, you know, that's a way to draw fans. And I was just like, okay, so you don't want no WWE guys. You don't want Johnny Manziel. So who's going to go see the third string Georgia running back that didn't make the NFL? Wow. <laughs> you know, just, like, who's going to go see these guys? Yeah, it's just like, who are these Who are these guys? I'm like, are they going to try to get, like, Terrell Owens or... Or, uh, or some CFL guys that didn't make the NFL? Yeah, it's just I don't understand, like, who are they going to get. Because I mean, as far as people that fit the criteria that has a recognizable name, I think, like, RG3, probably the biggest uh, the, the biggest name quarterback-wise than mm. Vince Young. But, you know, that's, mm. that's all I really think of. But it's not like people, when they were in the NFL, were, you know, yeah. they weren't Tom Brady or or. Yeah, it went Tom Brady and uh, Peyton Manning in terms of uh, attendance draw. But. Attendance draw or in terms of endorsement deals. Yeah. Because so Peyton Manning is still doing commercials to this day. Like, I, I'm, I'm turning on my TV all, all all the time sometimes, and I still see Peyton Manning doing nationwide commercials. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Like, uh, like, someone just get Peyton Manning off my TV. Yeah, his name, I can sit him for Monday Night Football. For what? Monday Night Football. They were To replace Gruden. Yeah. What? I had no idea. Yeah, that'll be interesting. But. I had no idea they were they, they were playing, but but then again, Peyton Manning is in front of cameras. Like I, I don't I don't know. I mean, he he kind of does have a you know have a personality, but I don't know about him as a him as an analyst. Like this, I gotta this I gotta see. Yeah, it's like then it's that Matt Hasselbeck's the favorite right now. Just what? Well, Hasselbeck's done TV in the past. Yeah. Hasselbeck's done TV, and it seems as though that whomever they're going to bring in, they're bringing in. They they could very well bring in Peyton Manning. They could bring in you know Matt Hasselbeck, but as they potentially arrive, Jamel Hill is on the way out, and she's going to be doing stuff with the undefeated. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. Like you know, I woke up and saw that Ryan Cameron news. You know, Atlanta radio host. Everybody's going crazy over that news. Crazy. Yeah, local radio host, uh, an Atlanta legend. Uh, I think he's at the Radio Hall of Fame. I think so. I think he is there. I think he is there. Yeah, and he's he leaving. Uh, he's leaving uh, V103. And then, right. And then I see, like, Jamel Hill's leaving the uh, Sports Center 6, and it hasn't been a whole year since he started that. And I was surprised about that. Uh, I mean, I was surprised it was the undefeated that she was going to. I thought she was – like, if I thought she would have left, she would have left the network altogether. But, you know, I'm not surprised by – the move to undefeated kind of fits her audience and her, yeah. and her style. It fits her better. niche. Yeah, niche, yeah. It fits her niche better. But, you know, that'd be interesting to see what happens with SportsCenter. It's like, I I see, like, I follow, like, you know, I'm all into the ratings and stuff. And, like, yeah. uh, and I said, like, you know, SportsCenter at 6 isn't working. You know, you have, you know, uh, you know, Mike, you know, Mike and Mike, you know, they, uh they tried it, and you know, Jamel's tried it, and it's just it just doesn't draw. 
and it just, you know, is one of those things that just, just uh, it's a lot to, um, you know, it's just a lot really there. I mean, it's just a lot really there in terms of, you know, the fact that it really has not worked in just so many, it just so many different ways. It hasn't, uh, it hasn't worked, and there's been all this talk about possibly just, you know, scrap the whole thing altogether. And like you said, it, it does fit her niche a little bit more because I just saw the, in, uh, you know, I just saw a pretty good interview that Jamel Hill conducted with the undefeated. So it does, you know, it does fit a lot. It definitely does, you know, fit more of her, more of her audience more so than, you know, staying on. I thought that really and truly when, when Colin Cowherd and Michelle Beadle, when they, you know, when Colin Cowherd left um, Sports Nation, I feel like they probably should have moved Michael Smith and Jamel Hill into that role because I feel like they would have been perfect for that. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, shout out to, ja shout out to Jamel Hill. She's going to do great for the undefeated because like you said, you know, that's more, you know, that's more her audience anyway in terms of that. And also, oh, um, you know, just uh, one quick note. I just wanted to just, you know, get this in real quick before we get out of here and uh, wrap up this uh, 66th rendition of the A-League. Just wanted to, you know, just say about that whole you know, Larry Nasser case that you probably that we've all been hearing about. You know, something needs to happen to Michigan State for sure. Something needs to happen because the fact that they just covered that mess up, the fact that they had just covered that mess up for just so long, and you know, he was sentenced, you know, 175 years, you know, they covered it up. And I just feel like that, yeah, everybody from USA Gymnastics is resigning and everything, but something needs to happen to Michigan State. If any program I feel like needs to get the book thrown them by the NCAA. It's them. Exactly. It's definitely them. I feel like it's definitely them. So I just wanted to just make sure to get that, uh, to definitely get that in before we wrap out out here. But uh, 66, number 66 is in the books for the A-League. Uh, hopefully, um, hopefully by this time next week or in a couple of weeks, we're talking about a Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl victory because I don't think anybody wants to see another Patriots parade in downtown Boston. But it is, it is absolutely, it is absolutely what it is. And maybe, just maybe, we may see a Janet Jackson cameo at the Super Bowl. Who knows? Things happen. Um, but just to, just to wrap it up, uh, once again, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Dash Radio, all that good stuff. Uh, David? This is it's David Norwood. Um, my Twitter is dnorwood90. RashadMilligan.com. You can find me at LeVarBall4, the number 4, A-S-G. Big baller brand, baby. Jeremy Johnson, Clark underscore, Kent underscore 75. Get my Superman on. Go dogs. Eric Yaboa, Yaboa NBA reporting live from the Bleacher Report Emporium in New York. Akeem Balaam, Twitter, Graham Beyond the W. Check it out. We out! <laughs>